Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 48. Is that legit? Is it 48? I feel like it is. All right. We're getting up there in age. I feel like it's the 48th one we've done today. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> that means after this one, we've got what? Four before or three before our. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, three. it's January, right? We yeah, started in January. That's right. So, yeah, three three episodes Ooh. before we celebrate our one year. That's so exciting. It's going to be a really good show. It's going to be outstanding. We're going to have um, special guests <laughs> and uh, we're going to have um, drinking games. Both of us are going to play. To oh, celebrate. yeah. Yeah. Uh, let no, me, we'll come let up. me do shots of that juice. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something fun for the first. For I the hope first so. Year. Yeah. I hope so. If you have any suggestions, shoot us an email, WWN at watermarkonline.com. If you can gather together 50 of your closest friends, we'll do this show in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, what if somebody did? Hey, I ain't got nothing to do in January. What if somebody that was in like Siberia got 50 people together and said, come on. Hey, if you, if you got an internet connection. Yeah. Did that word come out right? Internet connection? I felt like I was like, if you've got a... Oh. That time it didn't come out right. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, yeah, one year coming up. Just got to get through the holidays. Oh, yeah. Here's to that. Yeah. Clink. (laughs) Drinking anything fun today? Uh, I'm drinking the the free bottle that came with my buy one, get one last week. Oh, yeah. We're still on the locator. The Californian Locator, that's what we'll call it. Uh, we're drinking the Red Blend. Uh, it says, red wine, dare to pair with anything. I got a few anything? Things. Don't pair it with a Senate uh, staffer. Isn't there, <laughs> Tell oh, you that much. isn't there a movie or something where they keep going, anything? And then? No, it's anything. I think it's Cat in the Hat. And they're like, anything? And he's like, say it one more time and I'll kill you. It doesn't sound like a Cat in the Hat kind of a thing, I mean, but I think it is Cat in the Hat. Is it? Yeah. I probably watched Cat in the Hat once back when it came out. That wasn't a movie I was like, yeah, let's put that on repeat. That was during Mike Myers' Dark Ages. You know, and I don't think I've ever seen it. You know, like uh, I watch Sling on the weekends, mm-hmm. and they play a lot of old films throughout the weekend. I've never seen Cat in the Hat on that. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, Jesus. That's scary. He is very terrifying in the movie. Do you know what? It looks like the precursor to the Cats movie that's... <laughs> It starred Taylor Swift. Yeah, I, uh, is it fair to say it starred Taylor Mike, Swift? I don't know who's the star of that show. Mike Myers walks so that all those creepy cats could run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't bring a pen. I should write that down. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. So what? 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 Yes, cats. <laughs> that was a horrible movie. We should do that movie. I mean, I don't know what uh, gay other than it's a terrible musical from Broadway. That, but it's. It's a hard watch. Have you watched the movie version? No. It is a me and Chris watched it when it came it premiered on HBO Max back when it was HBO Max before it was Max. And uh legit it felt like that movie was 8 hours long. We were like I felt like we had been sitting there for days and I was like how much left is on this movie and we looked and there was still like an hour left. <laughs> the opening credits had just finished. But the movie is only <laughs> like 2 hours long or something, but it feels 
like days watching that movie. I feel felt like we were sitting in front of that TV for days. Watching it's only that two shit. hours long, so I, they so they cut out songs from the Broadway oh, sure show because the Broadway I, show is longer. Yeah, it's definitely not a like a three hour movie. I don't have internet. How long is the movie, Caitlin? You know, um, it Caitlin is, Cat movie. It Go. is a very uh, hard watch. Any way you watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, the only version of Cats that I enjoy and watch is it's not even two hours. <laughs> it's literally felt like we sat there um, for all of summer break. <laughs> <laughs> um, I We sat down first of June and we got up August 31st and went to work. I like that you say summer break like like we get one. I mean... For the kids. For the kids. This is for the. It's always for the kids. That's why we do this podcast. It's for the kids. Yeah. Um. Well, oh, the only version of cats I like is uh, there was a TikTok going around. It was about a minute long, and it was all of the big stars who sang memories uh, on Broadway and in the movie version Jennifer Hudson, um, comparing each one and saying who sung it better, and Betty Buckley blows them all away. Well, she was the original. Um, but just hearing her, I mean, all of them just sound so muffled next to her. She's just so, she's such a good singer. She just, the, the clarity that came out of that cat's voice. Have I ever told you my Betty Buckley stories? Maybe. Did I tell them on this podcast? I don't know if you've told them on this podcast. You and I saw Betty Buckley on. Oh, we did. My Fair, In, not my Fair. Uh, no. The, uh, Hello, Dolly. <laughs> Thank you. She God. was touring with Hello, Dolly. This, by the way, is going to be the worst <laughs> podcast that we've ever done when it comes to like pulling things out of our memory. Because I don't know about you. Uh, for those that, that will see this or watch the video of this can probably tell that I'm extremely tired and my brain is not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we saw her in Hello, Dolly. Yep. I thought she was great. Uh, for those who don't know, who don't follow musicals, she was the mom on Eight is Enough. And mm-hmm. and by the way, you'd have to be old to know that. Um, <laughs> all my references are. Um, I loved that show. I loved her in it. Um, but, you know, I used to live in New York. And Jen and I, that's where Jen and I met, and we became roommates, and we'd hang out all the time, and we yeah. loved it there. And we became friends with this bartender named Freddie. And he was hilarious. He's the kind of guy that would just, like, he had these mannerisms, and he was so exaggerated with them, um, where he would do stuff like this. Uh, and he hated cats, right? So he'd come over after drinking, and we would hang out, and he would put Wait a cat- what? Air quotes again. Was it he drank a lot, and that's why air quotes? Or was he doing something no, other than we were we were just drinking. Oh, gotcha. And he would come over, and we would put cats in. Like, there's a we had a VHS yeah, recording. Yeah, my of, grandmother of cats. had the VHS. Yeah, in it. and and he would put it in, and he would sit like two inches from the TV and laugh hysterically. And every once in a while, he'd turn around and go, <laughs> and he was like, and he would just do this whole um, cats impression, and it was hilarious. Anyway, so we're at this bar in uh, Chelsea, in New York. It's mm-hmm. called Pieces. Uh, not pieces. It was um, barracuda um, pieces. We I was like I got confused. We never call it pieces. It's called skanky pieces. But that's down the street from Stonewall. This was um, uh, barracuda, and we're in there. And there's this uh, amateur drag show happening. And I was entertained by the amateur drag show. And Jen and Freddie were sitting at the front of the bar, and I was in the back by the showroom watching this. 
and this uh, drag queen named Bridget Tunnel, which is hilarious because if you don't live in Manhattan, then they call you Bridge and Tunnel people. And she did not live in Manhattan, so her name was Bridget Tunnel. And she's performing, and then the host walks up in the middle of her performance and says, you know, hey, queen, stop. We have a real performer out here who wants to come and sing. And Betty Buckley walked on stage. Wow. And it's just this nowhere bar. nowhere. So she gets up there, and she sings a song, and – I was like, oh, my God. I was. I think I may have been standing on the pool table yelling. I don't know. I used to drink a lot. So I jump off the pool table, and I run over there, and I'm like, guys, it's um, it's Betty Buckley. you got to come see her perform. And Freddie looks right at us, and he goes, ah, that's not Betty Buckley. That's a drag queen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, it is Betty Buckley. But I went back because he thought it was just somebody pretending to be her in yeah. his performance. As drag queens do. Yeah. So she sings her first song, and she's going to get off stage, and the host is like, no, honey, you are not walking off the stage until you sing the song. So then she sang Memory uh, from Cats, and it was fantastic. And so I'm standing there, and she comes down off the stage, and she comes, and she's standing next to me. And I just looked over, and I didn't know what to say, but she's just right there. So I said... So that was really good. And she's like, thank you. And I said, I tried to get my friends my friends to come and see you, but they thought you were a drag queen. And she looks at me, and she just walked away. Mm. You probably should have explained it more, because it sounds <laughs> like you told her she looks like a drag queen. I, I think that it came out that way. But I have a habit of that. I mean, I think I told you I, I may have inadvertently asked Anthony Rapp out on a date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just meant to, I, I meant to say, what, what is your life going to be like when this show ends? But I just said, what are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looked like, he almost looked like he was going to take me up on it. I think he was hitting on me. Anyway, um, if you were Anthony, give us a, give us an email. When was this? This was like 99 or 2000. It was maybe, it was around 2000. It was when, uh, you're a good man. Charlie Brown closed ah. on Broadway. We saw the last performance. So, um, Sorry, I just my my, my body wanted me to tell a, <laughs> a terrible joke, and my memory that this is recorded made me not do it. But yeah. I'll tell you. Um, so that was cool. Anyway, then I fast forward, and I, I, I'm already. This is before I moved to New York. Yeah, before I moved to New York, I was working at the Great Movie Ride at Disney, and I was one of the tour guides. I love that job. Uh, I was super cheesy. It was Disney perfect. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and Betty Buckley was coming there. There was a. They used to do a parade every day. They bring in a celebrity and they would pretend to put their hands on the on the sidewalk outside of the Chinese theater where the the movie ride was. And she was there. And so it, Betty Buckley in town. That's in my brain. Now, if you ever ridden the Great Movie Ride, you know at the beginning of it, you, you your tram goes in and then you say something about um, you know the the great um, movies of Busby Berkeley. But I had Betty Buckley on the brain, so I said Busby Buckley, and I got it wrong. And there was this older couple sitting in, in the front row, and the husband kept saying, I think he messed that up. It's Buckley. Or no, it's Berkeley, not Buckley. He got that wrong. And she was like, oh, shut up. He works here. If he, he knows what he's doing. If, it's, mm. if he said Buckley is Buckley, and I was like... Oh, I didn't have the courage to lean forward and say I got it wrong. Your husband's right. I was wrong. <laughs> and anyway. you're wrong, ma'am. I don't work here. Those are my Buckley stories. Nice. She's fantastic. I think she's wonderful. I, um, I too, have a Betty Buckley story. Um, I saw her in Hello, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Way faster than mine. Yes. I did, um, when, that, uh, when that show came to Orlando... 
Um, Dr. Phillips says they do. They're so gracious over there. Reach out and ask if we want to do an interview with anyone on the cast. And I said, yes, Betty Buckley, if she's available. <laughs> and I got to talk to the fourth lead. <laughs> but he says working with Betty Buckley was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that like you're this legend and like they probably don't even bring those things to her like, oh. i would imagine like oh there's a there's a uh you know a niche market gay paper yeah now i will say um we posted the story and then we also posted photos um of opening night when we went there and it was liked by Betty Buckley on Facebook. Now, whether it was her or her grandson who was showing her how to use Facebook, she did see that we were at the show. So I feel like we've had this, the seeds. I feel like, you know, when you do this every week, you forget after 48 what you've talked about and what you haven't talked about. I feel like this whole conversation happened did before we? because there was something about um, Betty Buckley doesn't do her own Facebook or something was like a title of a show. Oh, really? Well, maybe we should stop it one year because we're repeating stories now. <laughs> That's usually what would happen when I would drink because I would just tell the same stories over and over again. Yeah. All happens. right. Well, you know what? If you're binge listening and you just listened to that whole segment twice, we apologize. Yeah. But maybe it's a little game. You tell us what episode uh, we did tell that story. And the first one to email us, uh, I'll send you a prize. <laughs> A one-year subscription to Watermark. I'm going to send you a picture of Betty Buckley dressed as a cat and not the one from the Broadway musical. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. So did you, uh, did you do anything fun this week? Um, I did stuff this week. <laughs> I um, uh, It was my uh, annual anal visit oh. to the an- anal, annual, a- annual anal doctor. <laughs> I forget. I'm drawing a blank on what a butt doctor is called. Proctologist. Uh, proctologist thank you. Um, my annual with the proctologist. Um, so I go to the VA and they have several doctors. Um, big shout out to Dr. Blake, whom I have seen for years. I go in. Um, I don't know if you've ever had an anal pap smear. Um, it is an uncomfortable subject to talk about and to have done. But very important. But very important. And I like to bring it up whenever I can because... Um, if you are a a, uh, a person, however you identify, who engages in uh, anal intercourse, it's important to have the, the test done. So I go every year called tell an anal pap it, smear. Tell people what the test is. It's an anal pap smear. So they bend you over and they stick a brush up your ass, <laughs> a tiny little brush, uh, and grab some cells and then take them to the lab and see if you have any precancerous cells starting down. It's there. the equivalent, like, so say you have a metal straw and yeah. you have to clean that out. It's like that. It's that yeah, little Yeah, it's thing. like a little bristle. And it's not even like wiry bristles. So I don't want you to think somebody's it's taking a, a brittle straw pad. brush for your asshole. It's um, like a little silicone brush. And you can, you can feel the little silicone fingers <laughs> working their way down there. Wait, is this battery powered? <laughs> is yours not? <laughs> Um, so uh, I might need to get a test today. They have a team of doctors there, and I usually see Doctor Blake, who's this older gentleman. And um, he was not the one who administered the test last week. It was a uh, a, uh, an older lady, probably not that much older than me, maybe in her fifties. And uh, the nurse, who was an older Asian woman, and I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I was a little uncomfortable with two old ladies being like, "All right, bend over, (laughs) we're gonna look in your asshole." Um, but, uh, they were down there and they're doing the test and everything. 
and she tells the the doctor looks at the nurse. Well, look, I assume she looked at her because they were back there, um, and says, "All right, hand me the scissors." And I said, "Excuse me," <laughs> and she says, "We're cutting." Because you have the long, it's like a long Q-tip looking thing. And they put the little tip in the jar and they cut the rest of the stick off. So she was cutting the stick. And I was like, listen, when someone's bent over in a vulnerable position, don't say hand me the scissors when they're not expecting (laughs) you to cut something. Because that was was a little worrying. But uh, Maybe they were going to give you a trim. (laughs) Well... Whatever she wants to do while she's back there, out of care. Just a little off the top, please. So, um, But it was uh, important and... uh, uh, they'll send off for the results, and she says, if something bad comes back that we need to take a look at, I'll call you. If not, I'll send you a letter in the mail. I was like, please don't send that shit. Snail mail? Send that overnight. I need to know as soon as you get the results, because I'm a hypochondriac, so you know. But if, if they if they find something, we deal with it. If they don't, then another year of nobody else poking around down there. That I don't like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you don't mean nobody. I mean, no. I mean, you know, just, we'll see who buys me dinner. But you know, um, so yeah, had that done, and then uh, I think the only other thing that I did uh, of uh, any excitement worth talking about is you and I went to the Doctor Phillips Center and saw uh, Nurse Blake. Yes, no uh, relation perform. to Dr. Blake. I didn't even, didn't even dawn on me. Yes, no relation, at least that I am aware of. Um, Dr. Proctologist Blake, Blake is his last name. I believe Nurse Blake, the comedian, um, Blake is his first name. But both Blakes do a lot of butt talk. They sure do. They sure do. There was a lot a, a lot on the show, um, and I think that you're in the same boat as I, uh, us not being uh, in the healthcare profession or being nurses. A lot of it went over our head. It's a lot of nurse jargon. Um, I mentioned a few things uh, that we saw at the show to my roommate, who is a nurse, and he thought it was hilarious and agreed. And I said, well, you should have gone to the show then because it was full <laughs> of nurses. What is an example of something? Do you remember something that you told him that he thought Oh, was we funny? talked about figs. I asked him what kind of scrubs he buys. I says, what kind of scrubs do you get? And he goes, what do you mean? Like color? I said, no, what brand scrubs do you buy? And he goes, Jeremy, I only buy figs. And I said, ooh, you got that travel nurse money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I told him that uh, fig scrubs are pretentious and you don't need to spend that much. So then I also told him, uh, because Nurse Blake comes out in that onesie thing. And he goes, I think that's just a joke for his show. That's not a real product. And I said, oh, I thought it was a real, I thought it was a onesie scrub. I, I would have thought 100% it was real. But he says it's not, he goes, Figs does not sell anything that's like $800. Because there's Blake's like, this is $800 on their website. Apparently it's not even a real thing. Why would you buy something that's $800 that someone's just going to shit on? Exactly. That's what he said. That was almost the exact quote that Chris said. He goes, nobody's going to pay $800 for scrubs, Jeremy. And I said, oh, he goes, they're more expensive than like Walmart. But he goes, but they feel better. He goes, the Walmart ones feel like you're wearing like plastic or paper, tape, uh, tissue paper or something. Hmm. He goes, you know, d- yeah, people are pissing and shitting all over him, but you still want to be comfortable at work. So I was like, I get you. I so that's legit. That's not just the thing they say. Like they actually just get pissed and their shit on or thrown oh, up on yeah. every day. Oh, I don't know if he gets pissed and shit and thrown up on every day. But enough of it for him to have a book full of stories. <laughs> but yeah, people are fucking weird in the hospital. They just, apparently they think they're in the, you know, oh, there's doctors and nurses around, so I'll just piss and shit anywhere. 
Well, I think that you're probably in the hospital because you can't control it, and therefore you. Well, do I mean, it. there's people who are in the hospital who can control it. I mean, not every thing you're seeing a doctor for means I, I imagine if you it, sprain but, your ankle you're not in there to shit all over people but, but if i'm you're sure that there are some who that do. you do um but yeah i mean you know it's a, it's a doctor's office or a hospital you know it happens well you know there's one segment of the show that stood out to me and since we're, like this is like the butt show right we're gonna sure. talk about butt stuff all time the whole time all the every every one of my notes has to do with the ass <laughs> I not every one of my notes, but in every show I can bring that up. Um, so there was a whole segment where he asked people, uh, nurses in the audience, to like shout out things that they found in people's butts. Yes, I say found in people's butts. It's not like they were just kind of like looking around doing they an came exam and it. said, "Oh, hey, look, there's a barbell in your butt." The weirdest thing that someone shoved up their ass and then claimed that it just happened to fall in there. Yeah, while they were showering and they yeah. just happened to fall in. Like, um, I mean, this wasn't photographed but one person yelled out a lava lamp yeah Mm -hmm. which is interesting i can see how that would i hope he it wasn't a plugged in lava lamp but those things get hot (laughs) just saying maybe it was plugged in and then unplugged for like 60 seconds and then um but also like the top of them is it isn't it like flat on the top or do you have to i wonder if they have to do something to make i mean so it depends on the lava lamp some of them are a little curved or they just look but like But I mean, plugs. as Abraham Lincoln once said, anything can be a dildo if you're you're strong enough. He said that on the internet? It was on the internet. Yeah, it's a <clears> quote <throat> you can look up. Abraham Lincoln. It's attributed to Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Just Google it. Oh, there's some photos of lava lamps. Yeah, you can fit half of those in there. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it eases in. It looks like it just kind of starts. Yeah. I mean, nobody's. I wouldn't say nobody's, but I just. I was just myself. I don't think I walk around like like that. You know what I mean? Well, I definitely would not stick a lava lamp. Up I mean, there. you can't hear the ocean from where you're sitting, can you? Then but I'm not like, gonna. I'm not gonna judge someone who has something like that. I don't judge. I just. I'm impressed. It looks like well, it hurts. Calm down. I don't know if I'm impressed. <laughs> I just won't judge them. How, do you know what did impress me? The barbell. Oh my god! Yeah. How does that even work? I. I don't think that I don't go to the gym that often, but I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Maybe he was doing squats. Maybe he just didn't understand what a squat was. You're not supposed to squat on it. <clears throat> yeah, there were he he had quite a few photos of uh, some things. I wish we could get somebody on the show and interview them who who's had to go to the hospital because something weird was stuck in their butt, and then just be like, "How long was it in your butt before you decided?" I got to go to the hospital. Yeah, because you know they, they, they do all they can to try to get it out before they're like, you know what? It's it's time. You've been working on that thing for three hours. It's time to go to the yeah. doctor. I mean, they probably like they probably sniffed an entire bottle of poppers, mm. trying to loosen things up. Crazy. So, yeah, the barbell was the craziest thing to me. Yeah. I thought the show in general was funny. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was, was great. pretty funny. I'm glad we went, and, and it, it so made me laugh. I mean, we don't have to know the, the jargon to know that they hate PTs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. uh, it's funny because as I was talking to Chris about this, um, he says, uh, oh, yeah, you know, his dad's an RT. And uh, I said, yeah, he mentioned that in the show. And he goes, yeah, he worked at my hospital. <laughs> really? Yeah. He, uh, his dad works at Advent Health. Not uh, Nurse Blake. His doctor. His dad works at uh, Advent Health. Huh. Shout out to Advent Health. 
Send us some money. <laughs> <laughs> so we have ad space every two weeks. Um, actually, we have ad space on this program every week. Yeah. Yeah. Advent Health, you send us photos of things that you found in other people's asses. We'll talk about it. Advent Health, where you can have it pulled out of your ass. <laughs> What'd you do this Unless week? Unless it's bacon, they're just going to leave it up there. <gasps> mm. They don't do bacon. They don't do bacon. No. No, they don't do bacon. That's why I refuse to go to that Wendy's over there by uh, Advent Health downtown. Nope. If I can't have bacon in my Frosty, I won't have one. <laughs> I wonder if that would be good. Have you had the peppermint one? Yes. Is it good? It is. It's good. It's not too strong? No. No. But I am the type, like this time of year, I can't, I always get peppermint mocha uh, coffees at Starbucks or Wawa's or whatever. So I like the peppermint flavor. So, I mean, it's not strong to me, but, you know, to each their own. Potato, potato. Peppermint, peppermite. I don't know. <laughs> I actually have candy canes at home. And uh, this is going to make me sound so old. So I... Uh, after a certain hour, I have stopped drinking coffee because I'm old and I can't drink coffee at night. So I have a glass of warm milk. <laughs> in the milk, I still put one Splenda and I put my Italian creamer in it. So I mix it like it's a cup of coffee, but it's just warm milk. And for the holidays, after I mix it up, I like to take a candy cane and stir it in my hot milk to give it a nice pepperminty flavor. It's actually nice. very nice. I drink that and I go right to sleep. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> Try that. You, you all try that. It's lovely. It's I have lovely. a I have a comment about milk later. Oh, don't ruin my milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when we start talking about the last episode of Fellow Travelers. Uh, oh, <laughs> strong bones. Um, how was your week? <laughs> it was good. I mean, you know, it's we went to that Nurse Blake thing right away. Yeah. So that, that started the week. Um, but then I went to St. Pete. I was in St. Pete for the week. Uh, which is nice uh, yeah. to, to be and my husband. And you have a house there. And, you and a husband, husband and, and, you know. Another, another dog. dog. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to see them because I won't see them for a month. Because <laughs> I'll be chained to my desk here in Orlando. Um, but that was fun. Um, his his birthday is Wednesday. Uh, so it is, it's like the day after we go to press and it's during the week. So he wanted to do something this past weekend. So we had a party. I, I, this is not, this doesn't mean something other than alcohol. We gotta work on your air quotes. You do a weird claw <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's just the figures. You're like, there was this party thing. I'm sure that this is not how these are supposed to work, where somebody just tells you over and over again how absolutely tired they are. I'm so tired. I'm drinking actual coffee. Like I'm trying to get this caffeine to kick kick in. I'm like weekend at Bernie's over here. It's kind of like, um, so yeah. When I'm tired, this is. Do you know, did I ever tell you the time uh, Jen and I were doing the South Beach diet? No. And it's it's like, it's like crazy, right? You cut out all carbs um, for two weeks. And, and, and it's just to get rid of the cravings, but you're like super hungry and craving. Well, she and I went to Red Lobster because we we're like, we could have shrimp cocktail and then we'll get like fish and that kind of thing. So it just happened to be that Red Lobster was very understaffed that day or very busy. I don't know what it was, but we were waiting forever and we're mm. just starving so and it was so long that they kept bringing us shrimp cocktails for free just oh. to say your food will come out soon it'll come out soon so it must have been an hour and a half that we're just sitting there without anything so we just started making up games so, so there's like you know rock paper scissors mm -hmm. we did like shrimp lobster crab <laughs> and okay. that was one of them 
<laughs> so maybe that's why I knew that. I'm like, I'm playing that game. We were laughing in tears because we were we were delirious because we yeah. were hungry. Yeah, and had carbs. And people around us were just staring at us. We even did like um, a thing with the like we created a hierarchy of the packets of sugar. So there was like white, blue, pink, and yellow. And we would like hold them all in our hands like this, and then we would just move it, and one would drop, and then that would be the winning one. We mm. are so cool. I gotta say, some if, if you're not eating carbs, at least for me, uh, uh, Red Lobster is the last place I would go because oh, I the, would want the, bread. the cheddar biscuits. I would eat the hell out of them. I mean, like carbs be damned. Bread was never a thing for me. I could do without. I, I, I could have carbs or mm. not. That doesn't bother me. I got uh, Oprah inside me. I love bread. Is that what they needed the scissors for? Was to cut the bread? <laughs> <laughs> they prop you up in those stirrups, and they. Oh, he's like, "There's not a no, lava lamp in there." I don't want to go there's back. There's Oprah because I never go back. But I do want to point out they don't put you in stirrups. They have this chair thing, and uh, it starts off as a, it's like a transformer. It starts with a chair, and they're like, "Okay, assume the position." And there's like a little footstool on it. So you turn around, and you put your knees on the footstool, and you lay on the seat of the chair. And then they flip a switch, and it folds, reclines down, and turns into a flat bed, and then lifts in the air and tilts forward. So you're kind of like this, uh, this little hash mark up in the air, and uh, then they drop trow, and your ass is just hanging out there in the air. That is um, that is military grade. Yeah, that's what that is. It's nice. It does not happen when I go and get my. Oh, really? Yeah, because you got this whole the this whole flat platform in front of you to do like activities while they're doing things <laughs> i play really? on my phone and stuff yeah they I, they do whatever and i just play on my phone they're like drop your pants and turn around that's that's what we get oh. and then they put this like scope in there and then click something oh, and yeah. but you know i was waiting on a the last time i went to a proctologist i was waiting and i could hear in the room next to me there was just this poor woman she was not okay with what was happening to her. She's just like, uh, like just screaming over and over again. Like, uh, and the guy's like, you could hear the doctor because the walls are thin. And he's just like, listen, I can't help you if I can't see. I have to do this. So you have to let me do this. Uh, and I'm like, what are they doing? And so they come in and they tell me, drop your pants, turn around. They put the scope in there. And they're like, you're okay? And I was like, oh, have you started? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they must love gay patients. Oh yeah, no, no fuss, no muss. They love me no every muss, time no I go in there. Um, so we had a little birthday party. For yes, Dylan. yes, it was fun. We just it was really low key. You know, it was kind of a wine tasting party. So everybody brought over wine, and I made a charcuterie board that probably was for 30, 40 people. Um, when we had invited eight. Yeah, yeah. you're like my mother. You overcook. I can't. Or you overlay out it. cured meats and cheeses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had. I mean, it was just. I said. I, I set a budget, right? Because oh, I, I had a. I bought a new oven, and I bought a new oven specifically to make bake brie for this party. Because I wanted a convection oven, I didn't have one, so I bought All one. Right. And then All because right. we got that, and we had a white one, we bought a stainless steel one. That means we had to buy a new microwave to match it. So we did that, and then I sold them as a set as in the idea of like, well, this will pay for the microwave, and that way the microwave would be free, right? Yeah. So we ended up selling it, and I got cash for it, and I said, okay, this is the budget. I said, I will only go up to $150 over 
this budget, uh, which is exactly what happened. Like, I can't just, I can't go out and buy, like, oh, here's a blue cheese. I'm like, I need a blue cheese, but then this one looks really good, too. So, but they look different, and I don't want to buy this one if it's not going to taste great, so I bought both. Mm. And then I bought, like, I had to get two, you had to get a savory and a sweet goat cheese, and then you had to get, like, a hard cheese, so that's Parmesan cheese, and then we got, like, this mustard cheese thing, and and then we got like all this stuff. So there, it ended up being like 11 different kinds of cheeses. There was like 1.25 types of cheese for every person who was there. And then I go on, I start buying meats and I'm thinking like, how much meat do you need? And I, I think, I feel like I bought a half a pound of meat of each type of meat for every person who's going to be there. There's so much food left over. Good Lord. And then we made desserts too. So we made like gingerbread cookies, which are delicious. And then I made these soft chew uh, lemon sugar cookies. Those are really good, too. I did bring a whole bunch of those, so I might bring some into the office tomorrow. Anyway, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, we went out and we bought – so we get nervous, right? I haven't. I used to throw, like, crazy parties, like, I, you know, where we'd all get drunk, white trash parties, stuff like that. And yeah. it'll be great fun. Uh, but since I stopped drinking, I don't have, like, big parties with a lot of people coming over. And I, and I don't have a ton of friends in St. Pete. So I'm like, what do we what do we do with everybody? So we went out and we bought just a bunch of board games to try to like kill the time if things were gonna get boring. And one of the games that we bought was called um, it's either called You're Getting Old or Are You Getting Old? And so the idea of the game is that you read this card and if you've said this thing that's on the top of the card, it means you're old. But then if you've done or know the thing on the bottom of the card, then you can redeem yourself for being old. This is the stupidest game ever. I wanted it to be so funny and so good. But it's something like, uh, on the example that's on the back of the card, it's like, if you've ever said this or something close to this, you know, it's after eight, it's too late to start a movie. Then you're old. (laughs) Every day of my life. The other day, um, Dylan was like, don't you have to watch a movie for the podcast? And I was like, oh, my God, it's like 830. (laughs) It's like, it's way too late to start that. Um, so then, but then you have to, to read the thing on the bottom and then it, it, it's like, if you know what spit and riz is, then you, then you redeem yourself. But it turned out that it wasn't that cut and dry. Like one of them's like, you're old if you have a day planner, but you can redeem yourself if you have a LinkedIn account. That's not young. That's not youth. We're- that sounds stupid. Stupid. It is. So we kept so the whole thing, the whole time, like we kept reading, I'm like, this is stupid. This is stupid. So we did a couple of rounds of that. Yeah. Actually, some people left after the couple of rounds of that. They were like, We're done, we're out. Um, but they were old. <laughs> That's why. Um, but one of the things I, I wrote this down because I wanted to see if you knew this. This mm-hmm. is one of the ways to redeem yourself. Okay. I hope I get this right. Sure. Um, do you know what an e boy or an e girl is? An e boy or an e girl? Yeah. I hope so because I don't, and so if you don't know, this is going to be a really great segment. I'm. Oh, you know what it? Oh my god! I just whispered to Caitlin like, "Can you look that up?" She's like twelve years old. She's like, "I know what it is." <laughs> I mean, I'm sure E stands for electric. It's an electric boy, electric girl, like a <laughs> online boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> All right. What does oh, the E stand a, for? Emo. That's, oh. I, that's what I said. You said electric. <laughs> Which is online. Uh, electronic. Uh, you can't have online without electric. 
you know what? I hope you all lose electricity. And then you realize you can't have online without it. <laughs> Good I, luck on your 5G. I hope that you lose air conditioning. <laughs> Too soon? Potato, potato. <laughs> it's bound to happen again. So so that was fun. Um, there were a couple other games that were okay. There's like a voting game where yeah. you know you read something like, who's most likely to hate this game? And then you all just secretly vote on who that is. That was kind of fun. So they dress like Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> it's emo-y. The cat oh. ears, those look familiar. <laughs> oh, so if anybody... Shout wants... out to Kyler. <laughs> Hope you're listening. <laughs> is Kyler an e-boy? I mean, is that what the cat ears are? Because Kyler has those. <laughs> Kyler has, 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 has... His hair is dyed. He has cat ears and fairy lights. Kyler has that shirt... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that is Kyler. <laughs> that's Kyler. <laughs> oh, that's funny oh. if you know Kyler. Um, well, you all calm down. Don't you worry, because I have a book coming in the mail that is going to make me hip with the lingo. Oh, it's going. It's going to. I ordered, and this is going to make my mom so proud, I ordered a Bible online. And it is called the Gen Z Bible. And it is rewritten 32 stories from the Bible in G- G- uh, Gen Z talk. That sounds fun. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to bring it in. We'll read some. I was hoping it would be here by Christmas. Does, and- it, does it include Leviticus? <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> I know it has the birth of Jesus because I wanted to bring it in. I hope it got. Here. I was hoping it got here by Christmas because I was going to read the story of Jesus Gen Z style. Have you ever seen Four Christmases? Yes. I kind of like that version. <laughs> he's such a douche. Um, I, I forget his name. What is his Vince name? Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. He, I mean, he, that's a style, right? He is the Vince Vaughn style. He has a, one, he has one character he does, and yeah. you can tell that it's the only thing he does well, because every time he plays that character, the movie's a hit. Anytime he varies out of that character, the movie bumps. I've never seen him vary outside of that character. Um, but the... I mean, it's just this apathetic, sarcastic yeah. kind of thing. But when he plays Joseph and he tells the story of like how Mary can't take care of a kid, I like that version. I Between that movie and then The Breakup, the one with Jennifer Aniston, I don't understand how Jennifer Aniston or Reese Witherspoon's character stays with him. <laughs> like right. five minutes into each of those movies, I was like, what was the appeal? What made you look at that man and say, mm, that's who I want to be in a relationship with? Confidence. There's no redeeming confidence quality does, about him in either one of those movies. Confidence can 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 make you blind to a lot of different things. But um, at the, even at the end of Four Christmases, when he walks up and he, mm-hmm. he doesn't even apologize, he yeah. just goes, he says, "Fine, we can start to have the conversations. We're not getting married, but we can talk about it. But we're not getting married." And she's like, and "She's like, okay, oh, Vince." And then the credits roll, you. and she's like, "I love you." Did she learn nothing from her big sister Rachel Green? Uh, apparently not. Mm. Did you know? But apparently she was with him until Juliana Margulies came along. Here's the weird thing to me, at least how Hollywood works, because I don't know if I could be in that business. Jennifer Aniston and uh, Vince Vaughn were in the breakup together. During the filming of that movie, they started dating. They dated for like eight months. Really? And then Vince Vaughn broke up with her. Then Reese Witherspoon, who is very good friends with Jennifer Aniston, a year after they broke up, made four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. Like, could you imagine if I told you I was working on a project with Jeremiah? (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be weird, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if it's something that I had to like watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you me and Jeremiah are working on a movie? Is he Dr. Blake? <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to watch the whole film. Uh, just uh, those that are listening that may not know, um, Jeremy is talking about your ex-boyfriend. My yeah, ex. one of my your most ex. recent ex. Uh, but it just seems weird to me. But that happens all the time in Hollywood, where it's like you know, oh, I dated this person, and now I'm going to go make a movie with your one of your best friends. Yeah. But you know what? It, it's all, that's also what happened in my twenties. Is it? I mean, I remember there being a group of friends, and it just didn't. It wasn't a. It was not an issue at all if somebody broke up and you ended up dating your friend's ex it was just all like a thing we were just young in our 20s that's who that's who we were around it's not like you know there were apps or anything it was the small group of people who went out to clubs and so you're dating new york (laughs) your dating pool was it no i mean i was in new york when i was you know for the last part of my 20s but i mean like from 18 to to 22 23 Mm. that seems weird to me once i mean it'd be weird now once i've dated you you better not fuck with one of my friends Literally, you better not fuck one of my friends. <laughs> yeah, and even if it was like, if there was a friend who was like, "Oh, I like this person," but that person liked you, then it's then everybody's like, "Okay, well, he doesn't like me. He likes you. Go ahead." Oh, no, I'm not down with that. <laughs> I call dibs. Not in my circles. I may not know. <clears throat> so yeah, that was uh, that was that. the The party was was fun. It was very low key, but we had a good time. And then, and we had lots of leftovers. So, anyone listening, come over to my house. You made what? We have a lot of leftovers. Oh, leftovers. Yeah. Was that not clear? I don't know if I'm forming sentences or not. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's not what I heard. I'm glad that Caitlin sits in on these now so she can tell us. Like, can you affirm me, please, right now? Well, she's also not wearing headphones. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or drinking wine or coffee for the first time in three months. There you go. All right. So uh, last night, though, I will mention this real quick. Uh, I went with uh, with the Kunch family to Epcot. We oh. went to the to the holiday stuff. We, yes. we well because we wanted to see. We like to see the candlelight processional. The only way to really see that, unless you want to get there at four and sit in line for five hours, is to actually. If you did that, you would miss the show because the last one's at eight thirty. So you sit in line for four and a half hours. But the um, is to, to do the dinner in the show thing. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Nice. We went to Coral Reef, which is really good. Super good food. And Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block. Um, New Kids on the my Block very had a bunch first, of hits. I hear that. Chinese um, food makes me sick. Mm, I heard that too. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the, for summer. the summer. You don't know that one, do you, Caitlin? <laughs> what's the next line? That was total Riz back in the day. <laughs> and that wasn't even too long ago. The early 2000s? That was 20 years ago. No, yes. was it? Yes. Caitlin, I don't have internet. Google it. <laughs> when are we getting Wi-Fi? <laughs> when we get advertisers. I'm so unprepared. Um, LFO. Summertime. No, is that what the name of the song was? In the summer. For the, in, in the, the summer, summer. In the summer. No clue. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> Joey uh, McIntyre. Joey McIntyre, new kids on the block. I had, he was my first husband. Actually, I thought he was adorable and I really liked him. Huh? 1989? Oh, I was like, 
my memory's really gone because that was a long time That's ago. from 1999? Yeah, from LFL. Jeez, my concept of time is shot. That I'm was no pre-Y2K. Girls don't stop by for the summer anymore. Oh, that's why they wrote that song, because they were like, Y2K is going to come along and destroy everything, and you're never, mm-hmm. it's going to be gone. You so they want to make a list of the things that we thought were fly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Joey so McIntyre telling the story of Jesus. <laughs> Did you ever listen to New Kids on the Block, or is that after your time? Um, I, or before your I time? remember, I, I listened to the song. My sister was obsessed, obsessed with New Kids on the Block, and Joey McIntyre was hers. If you were inclined, um, but wasn't he like thirteen then? To fantasize. I, I look back now, look and I was like, he looks like a little child. Let's see, how old was Joey McIntyre in nineteen ninety? Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. When they first started, yeah, he was like fourteen or fifteen. He was really young. I I saw photos of like a new Kids on the Block photo not long ago, and I mean they all look like babies, but he literally looks like he was like in elementary school. Now I will I will point out that when when they were when they were popular, I, I mean, was in too, middle but, school. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm, it's okay. I'm not insinuating anything. <laughs> I'm just saying it amazes me because, like, when I was a kid, I watched the show on Nickelodeon, Hey Dude, and I had a huge crush on Ted. And I go back and I've watched episodes of Hey Dude, and he literally looks like a 14 year old boy. <laughs> And I was like, well, I guess that's okay, because I was a nine-year-old boy. Yeah, like when Leonardo DiCaprio was on the his, his, his Growing Pains, yeah. and he lived in a dumpster or something. I was like, <laughs> oh, you know me. I like that rough he's, trade. He's, move, he's moving on up in the world, that Leo. <laughs> he doesn't live in a dumpster anymore. Uh, his uncle, Grouch, lived in a trash can. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway... I was if you if you were alive if you were boy crazy in the eighties then you were crazy yeah. about New Kids on the Block but I like my favorite was um, Jonathan Knight the gay one yeah. yeah but it just so happens I mean obviously you just I, read it obviously I didn't know he was gay back then sure or you that did. I was look deep inside yourself you <laughs> knew the whole time oh, oh there you go he had a baby face so um, yeah he he would he did fine. Candlelight was good. Yeah. Um, I think I may go back on Saturday, though, because uh, Jordan Fisher oh, is, yeah. is performing, so we might go back and just kind of stand in the background. And I miss I, – I, Brendan Fraser was uh, announced this year, and I wanted to see that one, and I missed it, and I kicked myself for missing it, but uh, I, I love that man. I'll give a shout-out to, to Vern, our waiter, who works at the Coral Reef uh, restaurant there. He is very knowledgeable at the Coral Reef. And he is very into the coral reef, and it, and when you get it, when you get somebody like that that really goes into details about what they do, mm-hmm. and is excited about it, it makes it a better experience for you. Now, is coral reef a restaurant, or yeah. is he really obsessed with coral reefs in the ocean? He well, there. I mean, it's a restaurant, but it's the second largest. This is what I learned from Verm. Mm-hmm. It is the second largest uh, aquarium in the United States, fourth largest in the world, and it's a two story aquarium that's at the Coral Reef Hotel. A hotel restaurant in in Epcot, and so he's just really into it. And then he went into describing the sharks and how they feed them and why the sharks don't eat the other fish and that kind of stuff. All very fascinating. But we learned that he had his day off the week before and saw Brendan Fraser, and was going on about how amazing it was. Now I could tell that maybe there was something that this waiter and I had in common. So I was went in a little detail about Brendan Fraser. Was it Fraser. the same thing you him and? Jonathan Knight had in common. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we all liked Joey McIntyre. 
Mm. Um, no, we, um, yeah, so we talked about the whale, and it was great. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sad I missed it. I, yeah. I gotta tell you, I think Brendan Fraser is one of the most underrated performers. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it's because of that scandal mm-hmm. that, that just kind of set him off course, and yeah. I hope I hope he I mean, comes back full career, force. He could be a little weird. Um, he's very socially awkward. Yeah. I think we learned during his speeches, but I mean, I would not be able to get up there and give a coherent speech. So, like, who wrote that speech? Did he write it? I wonder. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I need to know who wrote that speech because you're talking about his Oscar speech. Yeah, his Oscar speech. The whale because puns. I just want to say whale, uh, two or three whale puns is fine. But every sentence doesn't he's need a, two or three well. He's a dad, though. Yeah, he he's, is. He is full of the dad joke. Have you seen he's his not sons? A, he's not a daddy. He's got or he's got daddy. a couple of, I mean, attractive sons. Well, I mean, gods and monsters. He was hot. Yeah, I mean, school ties. Oh, that's why I thought maybe there was something the waiter and I had in common because he brought up school ties, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a homoerotic movie right there. Yeah. Um, I will always be more partial to um, oh, gods and monsters. One of my favorite movies, but um, the mummy. Brendan mm. Fraser, just something about. Thank God you didn't sw- say Encino Man. <laughs> a swashbuckling, <laughs> manly man. Is it Encino Man? Is that the one where he was a caveman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to talk about Polly Shore movies. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I like. I liked Encino. I man. do want to watch a Polly Shore movie only if he plays uh, Richard Simmons. I I hear he's been online petitioning to play Richard Simmons in a in a biopic of him. Yeah. Um, I think he'd do a great job. I think so. I mean, if anything, Pauly Shore is a dedicated, talented actor. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Method, really. He is, yeah. He's been sweating to the oldies for two years, getting prepared. Him and me both. So, <laughs> I just sweat because I'm an oldie. In fact. It happens. Uh, so, um, I just want to give another shout out to yeah. Disney. I think that their holidays, it's so, it's so incredible. I really enjoy their holiday things there. Except one thing, I don't enjoy the holiday prices. Oh yeah, I went to Are go the prices look, different. Do you remember the that holidays? throw that I was going to buy? Yeah, that, that red one that was really. Good. I went back and looked at it. I did not realize it was eighty nine dollars. Ooh, I don't even think it's big enough to cover my body. <clears throat> In its defense, I have grown a little mm-hmm. from side to side. It not, happens, not top to bottom. It happens. You know, unlike um, people who get who are walking side to side, I'm just growing side to side. They're more rounded. I expand in all directions. <laughs> um, I learned that this weekend. I I don't know if you're, I mean, I think you're aware of this. I don't know if the, our, our listeners are aware of this, but I'm a bath guy. I love baths. Um, I'm aware. And I am a man of a certain size. And every time I get into a standard size bathtub, I feel like one of those SeaWorld videos where they rescue a manatee. <laughs> and I'm just in the tub and I'm like, <laughs> trying to move around and I can't. They're like, Shh, it's okay. You're safe. Because there's, I have. Do you have like a pulley system that you can. No, I just flop down in and then I have four marine biologists from SeaWorld <laughs> who stay with me in the bathroom until I'm done. Anyway. That's hilarious. So he had some assignments this week. Is that how? Is that how? They, that is how we're leaving they, it. They get you out of the bathtub, like what's eating Gilbert Grape style. <laughs> Do you know that there was a president who got stuck in a bathtub? Taft, yeah. yeah. Look, he could be president. He's a big fat bitch, <laughs> much like me. Actually, if you look it up, he was about my size. Really? <laughs> I I don't know. Oh, I God. don't have internet, Caitlin. <laughs> Do you want to hear something that's really sad? 
Did Google, I how fat was Taft? <laughs> I was watching um, the Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. So you've seen this, right? This is yeah. Tim Allen. Have you heard of this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so here's how the premise Hold of it. Hold on one second. Ready? Well, we'll just skip right we're over gonna that. Right <laughs> We're going to leave that right there. <laughs> we're going to sit in that like we're stuck in a bathroom. However, bathtub. if you out there are looking for a Taft impersonator, you can't touch <laughs> <on> me. <laughs> okay, so so Tim Allen um, inadvertently causes the death of Santa Claus, yes. and then he puts on the jacket, and now he, has, he becomes Santa Claus. Yes. Even though reluctant to do so, he just starts, his body starts changing. He gets out of bed, and he's fat mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Not through anything. He's just, well, he is eating a lot of sweets. But he just, he's like, he gets out of bed. He looks down. He can't see his feet. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so fat. He goes and steps on the scale. And the number on the scale is less than what I weigh right now. And I'm thinking, I'm not Santa Claus fat. Am I? Maybe I am. Maybe I just distribute it better than Santa did. But I was, I, I immediately called Jen and was mad. <laughs> It's like I hate this movie. I'm never watching it again. But it was he was making his way to Santa weight. Oh. I don't think he was at Santa. But I don't Wait. think he could see his feet. Can you I see, see your feet? My, I can see my feet if I lean forward. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just had tiny feet. Uh. Cuz I mean, I'm a massive guy. I can see my feet. Yeah. Well, you are tall for those who are listening. <laughs> also, 511 at that that's not I, that bad no i'm actually taller than him so yeah take so that taft yeah by you, an inch you fat bastard <laughs> i have an inch on taft standing up <clears throat> and laying so, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think the coffee kicked in yes all right so now Good. we can talk about our assignments yes it was the season finale of fellow travelers. Oh. I wish that we had sound effects. We could play like, oh, gee. so we live in Orlando. We do. And I live in St. Pete. You shout do. out to my Tampa Bay people, the three that came to my party. Um, the uh, uh, So in Orlando, there's a radio show, right, called yeah. The News Junkies. Yes. And every time they talk about somebody dying, they play a clip from Boys to Men. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know that one? Yeah. Um, the that, song. That the... had Mariah Carey in it. Yeah. Um, um, one sweet day. Yeah, and um, so we could play that because it's the last episode. Um, which I could, is I could sing it for you. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sing it for you. <laughs> um. So yeah, fellow travelers, episode eight. Um, the wrap up. I don't think that's the name of the episode. What was the name of the episode? It was uh, "Make It Easy." Huh. It's all about how you like your eggs. <laughs> what was the running theme of it? What was on? Of the season or of the episode? Now, what was the what was the saying that was on Skippy's quilt? On his quilt? Yeah, at the very end. Oh, you know what? I wrote it down. Hold on. Um, because that's what the whole series should be called. That's what the, that's what it was. It was um, I don't know. It was like never enough. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Oh, I didn't write it down. I just wrote down what Hawk's final words were. Oh. Yeah, well, we'll get to that part. I just want to punch him in the face. I know. Um, will you look up what was on Skippy's quote? Well, while we're doing that, let's run through the episode. So, um, for those who... Run, not walk briskly. No. <laughs> for those who have not um, been keeping up, I am not recapping the last seven episodes. But know that Hawk and Skippy, two men, love each other. 
Hawk is married to Lucy. Um, and I think that's all you really yeah, need to know from the past the, seven episodes. Side of the times. Um, so we're be- we start off in the 80s. Uh, Lucy has come to San Francisco seeking Hawk. Right, bitch just shows up. She I says, mean, it, my man ain't been around long enough. So It is in, his wife. <laughs> in, in, in her defense, too. But yes. he's like, you just stay here and pack. Because he did get that job. They're supposed to be moving yeah. to Italy. And he basically is like, I'm going to go take care of my friend who's dying. And you, you, you pack everything. Pack you the deal with the movers. You take you care of everything. You know what she said? She said, mm, I'm going to go to San Francisco and see what's keeping my husband. Mm-hmm. She said, I hear that Alcatraz is a wonderful place to visit. We're going to go check it out. She wanted to check out the sights. She uh, she wanted to walk up that street. Remember the one from Mrs. Doubtfire that Robin Williams, they lived on? It was like an in- incline? Yes. You got to have powerful legs to live in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's hilly out there. Do you ever watch This Is Us? No. I watched the first season. You know that there's that, there's that girl in it that's overweight. Yes. Um, she, her husband wanted her to move to San Francisco in the show, and she went there, and she was like, she just said, she's, I'm going to tackle this hill. And she walked up and down the hill, and then she got to the top, and she said, I'm not moving here. <laughs> mm. How sad would it be if she was getting right to the top and then slipped and rolled out to the bottom? Um, Poor Taft. <laughs> it's Lady Taft. Um, so, yeah, so Lucy comes to, to San Francisco, um, and uh, um, she tells, uh, she says she needs to talk. And she's talking to Hawk, and she wants to meet with Skippy. Skippy's in the hospital. He's dying at By AIDS. the way, I just want to point out, she yeah. calls Hawk. Yes. Hawk is at Skippy's house, right? Or is he in his hotel? Yeah, in the. I think he's in the apartment. He's yes. in the apartment. He's in Skippy's he's not apartment. Staying in the hotel. He's staying at right. Skippy's. So he's in Skippy's hotel, and the phone rings. Mm-hmm. And Hawk answers the phone and goes, yeah. Who I answers just, the phone like that? Hawk. Of course he does. I got a lot of, of course, problems with you, Hawk. Of course he does. Anyway, and then so and then she's like, "It's me," and he's like, "Oh," he's like, "Oh shit, she's here." Yep, your world's about to come crashing down, Hawk. Um, as as uh, George Costanza said, uh, uh, "Gay Hawk and married Hawk cannot coexist together. <laughs> the world will come crumbling down, and it does. It, it, Hawk's world comes crumbling down. Um, so uh, Hawk has started drinking again." Um, he's been watching Skippy slowly die and he can't handle it. So he's been drinking, carrying around a flask like a good old 1950s man would, <laughs> um, meets with Marcus for coffee. And he's like, pour starts pouring. I'm assuming vodka, vodka? who vodka I in mean, your coffee, on. at least carry some Bailey's around. Come on. Are you even an alcoholic? If you're slipping vodka into your coffee? No, that, <laughs> that was on Cohen's. <laughs> Wrong quilt. What did you go to maga.com to get that? <laughs> Bully, coward, victim? No. That's what was on Cohen's, Roy Cohen's quilt that he walks by. I thought it was just his name. No, it says Roy Cohen and then it says that. And I believe oh. Well, I H- don't guess it was I don't guess Roy Cohen's family made that. No, and I believe there is a documentary that HBO made only a couple of years ago that had that is named that. Um, so um, Marcus is meeting with Hawk. They're chatting in the cafeteria. Hawk's drinking his uh, vodka espresso. <laughs> and uh, Marcus asks if his test results came back. He says, yes. Beyond measure. 
that's what was on there beyond measure. because it's um because it's religious and in the sense of like you know J- jesus loves you beyond measure don't quote me on this but i also believe that is the title of a harrison ford movie <laughs> oh is it isn't it harrison ford and someone else it's like, like they're they're is it anne hache google that no anne hache and harrison ford are in um seven six days seven nights but beyond measures, it's him and another actor. It's the name of episode six. Oh, it's a 2014 film, and it's oh, oh it's, it's a on, documentary. It's, on, it's up there. Desperate measure. Desperate. Oh, uh, okay. Desperate measure. Um, beyond measure is a documentary. Anyway, I think Desperate Measure is a Harrison Ford movie. You can take a pause in the episode <laughs> while we check this out. Um, oh, Michael Keaton, Andy Garcia, Michael Keaton, or as they say, the Harrison Ford of the 2014. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All these old white guys look alike to me. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. Brian Cox. I got to look that up. I'm going to watch it. Anyway. We should watch that movie. Anyway. So, um, Hawk's test came back negative. He doesn't have it. Um, did you believe him when he said it? I don't know that I did. I don't know. You I know mean, why? Cause Hawk's a liar. Hawk is a liar, but, um, that's you. Um, so at this point, they're talking, and we go to a flashback. And uh, Skippy is in the army, and he is walking up the steps of the um, State Department um, because, oh, no, wait, he had sent a telegram um, about Hungarian refugees, and he wanted to work with the Hungarian refugees because he's trying to get a job at the State Department. That's the whole point of this. Um, so he sends a, a telegram to Hawk, even though they're not supposed to be talking. Um, in the meantime, Hawk is getting, Hawk and Lucy are getting ready because Lucy is pregnant. Uh, she's going to have a baby. Um, so, you know, they're all just getting back into the 1950s grind of the thing. Um, Skippy meets with, who was the lesbian who he was dating from the first couple episodes? Mary? Was that her name? Mary? Diane? Mary? Diane? Mary? I don't know. Anyway, so the lesbian and him are catching up. And she tells her, oh, remember that ex-girlfriend of mine that we all screwed over? She's married to a man and has a baby. And um, she sends me photos to remind me every day how I fucked up her life. Right? Um, Which, so you right. Can you imagine that you live in an apartment with the love of your life and everything's great? And you have these gay old parties and then all of a sudden. It's the life you've always wanted. Right. And boom. Now you got to move home. Boom. You're back in Ohio. That's awful. (laughs) Awful. Any state other than Ohio. Uh, um, Cincinnati, probably. Ugh. So Just kidding, Cincinnati. We check in with everybody, and I'm back to the 80s. And this, I loved this scene. This is when Lucy walks in the hospital. And Lucy and Skippy are going to have their uh, uh, their confrontation, their, their, their meetup. So she comes in, and she looks down the hallway, and it's the AIDS ward. Um, and there's AIDS patients in the hallway and she goes back and she's like, um, do I need gloves or something? Which is so very 1980s. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Rich white lady. Yeah. Like, yeah. Privileged it's people like, do thinking I need that to put my hazmat suit I mean, on to it, walk by them. It's the whole thing. And I think this went on for a while. I mean, I'm, to a degree, I think it still does, but I, I hope it's gotten better. But, um, in, it, it just really drove home the idea that especially in the eighties, AIDS equaled dirty. Yeah. Equaled justice. You know what I mean? It's like you got what you deserved. It's dirty. It's gross. I can't be around it. I'm I'm above it. And it's like, if I'm gonna enter this world, what do I need to protect yeah. myself? I hate to break it to you. It's still the same way today. 
real quick tangent. I was on one of those sites about meeting people. And uh, we were going to meet up. Not like sexual. It was a date thing. I'm older now. I'm trying to date more. Um, and I told him that I was HIV positive, And his reply back was, mm, you seem like the perfect guy. Like, fuck you, dude. Oh, my God. It past tense seemed? Yeah. See, you seemed like the perfect guy. Oof. Until I found out you had the HIV. Well, I hope you're alone for the rest of your life. I hope that you responded. Big Daddy and I, 987. And I hope that your response was, hmm, you seemed educated. <laughs> I don't remember what I replied. I think it was the crying emoji. No, i <laughs> <laughs> Crying emoji, ice cream emoji, bath emoji, wine emoji, ice cream emoji. Manatee emoji. <laughs> cabbage emoji. Cab- there- oh, they eat ca- there- they cabbage. <laughs> we eat- I do like cabbage. They do like cabbage. Um, so, yeah, so they. she walks into the room. And, uh, I mean, I get it. Skippy's dying. Um, so he's not really in a, a, a mindset of I'm not going to be like placating to anybody or really in a mood to be nice and cordial to somebody. But he's a little snarky to Lucy. And the thing about this altercation, it reminded me of when like a wife meets the other woman or something like that. And it seems like nobody ever blames the guy, like the main guy who's been playing these two. At no point do they say, Hawk's a piece of shit. Am I, am I right? And he's like, you're damn right. They seem very cold to each other. Um, like, they blame each other and not Hawk. But I guess that's just how people respond, you know? Yeah, and what I liked about it was for Lucy, it was, I need to come here and I need to see this man face to face. And I need to see to what extent my husband is involved. Yes. You know, because she's Ooh, just getting fed what the extent. Yeah, and when she saw all of his toiletries there and that yeah. he was sleeping in the bed a, next to him. He was sleeping right like, next to him. Clearly, she could tell that Hawk was in love with Skippy. And yes. that's why he was there. And that was it for her. Yeah. She knew that 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 it was yeah. time to call it quits. So while they're doing that, Hawk is meeting. She's such a good actress. By oh the way. my god, I love that her. That scene was so she, good. So good. It was in, it was tense but cordial. You know what I got the sense from her too, is if if Hawk wasn't doing if Hawk wasn't who he was, she probably would have been like the biggest ally for the gay community oh, in the eighties. Yeah. Like she would have been the one that started um, HIV organizations to help people. She would have. Um, you know, been outspoken in support, probably because yeah. of her brother. Which I thought was weird that they never went back we, to him. There are a lot of untied loose ends. Yeah, with the, that's what I'm saying. Eight episodes was not enough to finish this story, and yeah. there's a lot of loose ends that didn't get tied up. But we'll get to that. Um, uh, so at the meantime, Hawk is meeting with his senator friend, um, who is supposed he's a state senator, I believe he's a state senator, um, works for the governor. And is supposed to get, uh, he's working on trying to get Skippy that meeting that he wants. Right. Um, so uh, he's talking to him and he's like, you know, uh, I don't know if this is going to happen. And, and Hawk is going under the pretense of, oh, this is a friend of Lucy's. And Lucy is really busting my balls. She's riding my balls trying to get, get get this meeting. So if you could help me out. And he's like, um, he goes, first of all, the governor's going to kill the AIDS package. Because, and I quote, it's killing the right people. And it's like, dude, are you on Grinder? <laughs> you sound very much like a person I talk to. Um, and then he brags about cheating on his wife with what I can only assume are underage girls. The way that they're talking and he's like the girls that he has affairs with. 
Um, it seemed like he was implying that they were either just 18 or not quite 18, which makes the scene all the more disgusting. Like, you're judging these gay men for being in, uh, having sexual relationships with each other while you're boning underage girls. You're disgusting. Yeah, sounds like that mom lady. The mom lady? Oh, yeah. Whatever her name is, whatever organization she's involved in. Words you're a terrible that person. I can't remember. Terrible person. Sarasota, clean up your streets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he meets with him. Um, we cut back to uh, the 60s-ish. Okay. You don't 50s, have to write 60s. that down. That will not be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but they cut back to McCarthy has just died. And Skippy is outside the church. Um, and they're bringing the body out. And, um, oh, that. Oh, damn that. That, that, that word that we're not allowed to say. That horrible woman, the secretary, who I don't know why Hawk just didn't fire her. Hawk's other secretary, who like hates all gays and probably is racist. She just seems the type. Um, she's there, and she goes up to Skippy, and she's like, um, and I apologize for the terminology, but this is what she called him. You're that cocksucker. <laughs> you cocksucker. And he's like, whoa, lady, what's going on? Um, so Hawk is there and he grabs Skippy and he's like, come with me. Um, and they go to Hawk's private apartment. Lucy made him get rid of his apartment, but he has a relative or she has a relative. Somebody has a relative who has an apartment that Hawk is helping him to, um, rent out. Um, so Hawk is using it for alone time. I'll use air quotes. (laughs) Alone time, uh, to listen to jazz records and drink milk, apparently. Um, so he brings Skippy there and uh, s- sex. They have sex. But um, for the first time. They have milk sex, right? Yeah, it's so weird because Skippy doesn't drink. So Hawk gets him milk and he's like, mm, drink your milk. And he's like, you're, you're a grown boy. Is it because he doesn't drink or is it because that's what he was drinking when they first met? I don't because know. Because Skippy oh, drinks. Oh, that's right, he was. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because that's what he drank, but he just like, kept pushing milk on he him. He starts drinking it, and then he drinks it real fast, and then it just starts spilling down him, and then Hawk starts licking the milk off his face. I was like, I've never seen milk fetish porn before. It's weird, um, but he says, you know. I'm sure it exists, and I'm not going to Google it. Caitlin, I don't have internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hawk's like, mm, Skippy, big old army man. You've become quite the man. And he goes, yes, I have. And uh, so Hawk says, I would like you to fuck me, Skippy. And Skippy does. You know what I wrote down? Finally, Matt Bomer gets fucked. I <laughs> <laughs> like Matt Bomer gets laid. But this time, yeah. Yep. He's the one who did the bending. Um, so Skippy yelled, get the scissors. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so they, they do their thing, and uh, Skippy's all like, you know, um, it's there's a lot of references, at least in this episode, that I reference to other movies. And this is what I called the Brokeback Mountain scene, where he's in bed, and, and Hawk's getting ready to leave, and he's like, you know, I can't quit you, Hawk, so anytime you call me, I'll come running. And he's like, I'll leave a key above the door, and you just come on in whenever you want to. Um, so that's the Brokeback Mountain scene. That was in the Brokeback Mountain, I'm sure. Um, I hear there's milk Ver- scenes verbatim. in there Verbatim. Uh, Heath and Jake, they're like, you know, milk and, you know. Yeah, like, I like to milk cows. Yeah. Mm, milk. 
Slurp, I got slurp, nipple slurp. teeth. Can you measure? Can you milk me? Um, this kid goes south real fast. So, so we cut back to the eighties. Um, Hawk goes to see Lucy in her hotel, and Lucy says, um, um, "You need to see this through." Um, but when you come home, because Hawk's like, I'll come home with you because she says, I'm leaving. And he, she says, no, you need to stay here. You need to see this through. But when you come home, I won't be there um, because I'm leaving you. And he's like, no, but I love you and I'll do whatever I can. And she's like, no, you don't. You don't love me. You never loved me. Um, go go do what you got to do. Um, so Lucy packs her bags and she leaves. Um, back on a jet plane. Lucy in the sky. Probably wearing diamonds. <laughs> Probably. She, she looks Probably. good. She's classy She's gal. very classy and Classy elegant. gal. So then we cut to Marcus, and we go into um, borrowed movie scene number two. Marcus is playing uh, some basketball with Jerome, um, who's the student from the last episode. This is from Training Day? No, I'm just kidding. No. This is from – this is the Goodwill hunting scene. Ah. Because they're, Jerome is being very aggressive to him, and he's like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm positive. It just – I love I love everyone in this show, but this scene is just so over the top and dramatic. He's like, I learned it from watching you, yeah. Marcus. I'm positive. Are you happy now? So Marcus yes. no. in that scene from Goodwill Hunting where um Robin Williams tells Matt Damon it's not your fault, it's the exact same scene. Just instead of saying it's not your fault, he goes, You're innocent. And he's like, What? And he goes, You're innocent. And he's like, Don't do this, man. And he's like, You're innocent. And he's like, Oh, God. And then they embrace. And it is exactly the scene from Goodwill Hunting. Uh, but it's very nice and very sweet. Um, so they embrace. And then uh, Hawk goes back to the hospital and uh, tells him that the meeting isn't looking good. It doesn't look like this, the, they're going to be able to meet with the governor. Um, flashback to the past. <clears throat> oh no we already covered that part that's in the hotel the Brokeback Mountain scene we already covered that um, back to the 80s um, so um, Skippy's dying Hawk lays him there's a the very touching scene where he climbs in bed with him and he holds him and at that point he's like you know I'm gonna thinking to him this is the inner monologue I hear he doesn't say this I'm gonna do whatever I can to get you that meeting because that's what you want and I love you um, so uh, he arranges they're having a gala or something there's a fundraiser for yeah, the governor. Yeah, fundraiser. So uh, the friend of Hawk says, listen, I can't get you a meeting, but I can get you. You said Lucy's in town. I'll give you a pair of tickets um, to this fundraiser, and uh, you guys come along. Maybe you can chat with him, or Lucy can chat with him um, if he has some time. So obviously Lucy skipped town, so he decides to take Skippy. Skippy. I don't know why I forgot his name. So as they're getting ready for the gala, it's that, you know, like that scene in Beauty and the Beast where everybody's getting ready and they're all like, ooh, let's put our tuxes on. It's an exciting time. Um, we hear on the TV that Mr. Cohen has died from complication with AIDS. And, and they flat out say it. Yeah. Yeah, they flat yeah. out say it. And everybody in the scene has kind of a little smile on their face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say they're happy he got AIDS, but they're not upset that he died of AIDS. Um, but they all look a little bemused. Um, so, um, where am I? Blah, 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 blah. They're getting ready. They go to the gala and, uh, they bring, uh, Skippy and Hawk go in and, uh, he introduces him to the friend and he's like, uh, he looks at Skippy and he's like, yeah, the governor's not going to be able to meet with you. And Hawk goes to say something and Skippy's like, no, no, it's okay. It's fine. 
Yeah, Skippy's, Skippy's like, it's fine, I'm going to go outside. Yeah, because Skippy has a plan. He does. He does. So Skippy But this goes, is where, but, but yes. when Skippy walks away, Hawk, yes, all so of a sudden, Hawk looks like the person, suddenly becomes the person that you wanted him to be the whole time, mm-hmm. and you think, wow, this is going to be this transformation in Hawk. And he grabs the, his friend, he shakes his friend's hand real tight, and like really tight to where the guy's like, ow, what's going on? And he leans him in, and he basically, I don't know, you do the reenactments better. Do you want to say what he said he to said, him? He said, I pissed in your teeth. <laughs> 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 um, he says, um, my friend has AIDS. I'm a gay. We've had sex. Right, and I, I laid in bed with him last night, like yes. basically trying to, like playing into this guy's fears. Yeah, that, that he's you, that Hawk. The, the had AIDS got is it. in the air. Yeah, AIDS is in the air, and you're yeah. gonna, you breathe it in. Um, one thing I did write down here is if you, uh, and this is just kind of a movie trope that trope that is done in almost every HIV focused movie. You can tell uh, of everybody at the party that Skippy is the one who has AIDS because he is wearing a beanie. <laughs> For some reason, I'm surprised he didn't have the scarf on. Everybody who has AIDS in a movie from the 80s or 90s about AIDS has a beanie and a scarf on. So he's got the beanie and his suit on. So you're I mean, like, it's probably because he gets cold easily. I know. I know. But is there not another way to, like, couldn't they just leave the beanie off and be like, ooh, can they turn the heat up in here? <laughs> <laughs> Something that just always go to the beanie. Um, so I uh, to be realistic. Do you remember when Lucy came to see him and he had that, like, humongous beanie thing on? <laughs> I was like. Is that? It looked like that, that hat from A Christmas Story. He had the one friend who wore like the long sock looking <laughs> uh, thing. That's what it looked like to me. Um, so uh, um, Hawk goes out and uh, him and Skippy have this moment where um, he he doesn't say I love you, but it's implied. Yeah, it's no, it's there. no, it's implied. It's not getting away with it. <laughs> I will tell you though that it's the second time that you see like, wow, this is point number two. You only need three points to say like Hawk has grown, right? And he's become the person you want him to be. This is moment number two because mm-hmm. Skippy professes this love that he's always had for Hawk, and he says, "I've I've loved you. You're the you're the love of my life. You're mm-hmm. you know, it was you and God and." Um, you're you're the person for me on this earth, and I loved you, and I still love you. And then Hawk just grabs Skippy's face and kisses him in, right in there public. in public. And to which Skippy oh yeah, I wrote it down here. Skippy tells Hawk, "You're my one great consuming love." Yeah, mm. and uh, and then mm. so so Hawk kisses him, and then Skippy says, "Look at that." In public, and the world didn't end, and it was like great, yeah. Like now, I tell him all you love the him. fears that, yeah. And it was the if ever there was a moment for Hawk to say to anyone, "I loved Skippy," this was the moment. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a pause, a silence. He says nothing, and then Marcus walks up and says, "Give me a badge." Did you have your moment? <laughs> Give me a badge. And he's like, what? And Skippy's like, this is fun and all, but I need you to go. <laughs> yeah. We used you to get badges to this yeah. party because we're going to have. A, he a goes, thing. shit's about to go down. I need you to go. Um, go home to your wife. Go home to your kids. Thanks for coming. Bye. Um, so um, uh, Skippy says, because Hawk's like, no, I'll stay. And Skippy says, I need you to let go so I can fight this fight. Go home. And he does. He goes home. 
Um, but see, like Hawk was like, no, I want to stay because what Hawk knows is that his wife left him. Skippy doesn't know this. Yeah. So this is like one of those annoying moments where it's like, why don't you just tell each other things? Why don't you just say, hey, well, I have no home to go to. My wife left me. So let me stay here and help I you. I mean, part of that, maybe he's afraid that Skippy's going to say that, you know, the only reason you want to be with me now is because you have nothing to go home to. Maybe yeah. he's afraid that that's going to look empty. Yeah, but do you think if it's a great consuming love of his life, he's going to care the reason? You're here now. Okay. And True. I grew. See, I have two points, and I could tell you I love you, and that would be the third point. But he didn't. But I can't get there, he got so on I'm a, still a horrible person. He got on a plane, hawk up into the sky, probably with, with diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're a rich family. Um, and Skippy and Marcus and his their team go inside, and they go to the stage, and they chain themselves to the stage, and they're chanting, you know, um, uh, no, no health, no peace, or whatever their chant was. I don't remember what. No chant taxation was. without representation. Exactly. Uh, they threw all the the rich people's tea into the bay. Um, changed your chained themselves it's to basically the, like like fund AIDS now or something. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. They. I would ask Caitlin, but she probably said they were just yelling bullies and. <laughs> so bullies and losers or something. Like that. So that's how it's left. We fast forward to 1987, and we're at the AIDS quilt in the Washington Mall. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Hawk is walking. He sees Roy Cohen's quilt, um, which says, you're a traitor. Sorry for you or something. Victim, traitor, whatever his, his quilt said. And then he comes upon Skippy's, and his daughter walks over, and he's got tears in his eyes, and she says, is that your friend? And he says... Yes. And then he goes, no, it was not my friend. He was the man I loved. And then he and, the, and then the Demi Moore tear falls down his cheek. And then it pulls back and you see the quilts. And it says like four or five different years, whatever the quilts so were displayed. So this is really cool because it shows the first year they were displayed and like this section of quilts. And then it goes to the next year they were displayed. And, and you expands. just see how it exponentially yeah. it expands. It was really touching. And then they flash through those and then Boom. Yeah, but there was a there were like things they chanted over and over again. Is that what it was? Yeah. We're not dying for AIDS, we're dying from indifference. No, nah, I think there was it's like fun AIDS. Now. I only remember in my infinite watching of movies, I only remember one chant that always comes into my head whenever I hear see a, like a protest movie, and it's the one from Hairspray, the John Waters one, where it's um, um, segregation never, integration now, segregation never, <laughs> integration now, and I hear that every time I hear a chant. I hear Ricky Lake and her at all chanting <laughs> that. Um, and then I also remember Ricky Lake making out with her boyfriend and her telling him, I wish we were black. And he goes, we're all black inside. <laughs> <laughs> Cracks me up. Uh, I have Ricky Lake stories too, but I signed like an NDA. I can't talk mm, about it. Damn it. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, so that's how it ends. Credits roll. Um it is a mini series, so there will be no second season. You know, I I, do, I, I apologize. Like again, um, yeah. I am a little glassy eyed here. And did, did we talk about the big the the big rift? Oh my God, we, we didn't. Skipped over we the skipped so, over that. <laughs> so the entire show, the reason Skippy there's like has this, an anger. There's like this love in the in the beginning, and then there's this like the reason, like in the first episode when he's like, "Oh, here's this paperweight back. Don't come visit me." There's because there was this huge rift between them. Yes, and they reveal what that rift was. Yes, Skippy was applying. We mentioned he was applying for that job. 
um, at uh, the State Department, and he had mentioned during one of their little escapades in the apartment, we'll be able to see each other every day. And Hawk got spooked about having his yuck and his yum, and he's like, I gotta end this, and he goes to the guy from the first or second episode, the one that Hawk interviewed Hawk um, when he was accused of being a homosexual, and said, remember that thing you talked about talked to me about uh, many years ago? That's Skippy. Skippy's a homo. Don't hire him. Right. So they didn't. They weren't. They didn't have an investigation because he wasn't hired yet. But they just. He was just a security risk. Yeah. And the security risk they thought was just that um, people can threaten to out you and then get their way with the State Department by holding by holding that over your head. So they were like, we're just not going to hire him. Yeah. Because I mean, technically, the lavender scare wasn't going on anymore. Right. But I mean, they still weren't hiring you if they knew you were gay. Right. Yeah. And so Skippy's mad, and he's like, I'm going to go give him the what for, and he marches to the maternity ward of the hospital where everyone who's angry goes to. Oh, you skipped the part, because he didn't, Hawk didn't even have the balls to tell him himself what he did. He sent his secretary lady, Mary, I'm pretty sure. Um, Diane. Diane. (laughs) And they're sitting down, and she's like, you didn't get the job, and he's like, well, what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, Hawk's the one who did it. And he's like, he storms out, and he goes to the maternity ward, and because uh, Lucy just had her baby and um, the guy's like, yeah, Mr. Hawk. I don't remember what their last name is. Mr. Hawk. Um, uh, wait a minute. Right there. Hawkins. No, I don't know. Whatever no, his last good. name is. Smith. That's an easy oh, one. Mary Johnson. Oh, it is Mary. Oh, that's so okay. weird. Um, know, so they're I'm, like, Miss, Mr. Smith went home and Mrs. Smith is resting. So then he goes over to the window. He looks at the baby. And uh, he sees, he, I believe, a tear drops from his eye. I think he teared up. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm leaving. And he leaves. And that is the rift. Hawk is just uh, so yeah. selfish. But it, it does. It, it, it. But then you know, when when Hawk was trying to redeem that mistake yeah. by getting this meeting with the governor, he's telling everybody like, you don't understand. And this is kind of why he stayed with Skippy. Is like, you don't understand. I owe him. I owe him. Yeah. I, I I did a very bad wrong to him, and I owe him. And he actually admitted that wrong to Skippy. Yeah. Towards the end. And um, it's like this big redeeming moment, right? So then you have the kiss, and you have this moment where you can say, I love you, and then he doesn't, and then he leaves, and Skippy dies, and he never says that he loved Skippy until he's standing at the quilt. And I'm sure that's this great cinematic moment, but for me, it's so irritating that he couldn't just, he couldn't tell anyone while Skippy was alive. It had to be when he was dead and it was all gone that he finally says something. Now, I just need to know what Skippy's death did to Hawk. Did did he become a redeemable human being? Did he do good in the world after this or not? We don't know because there won't be a second season unless the ratings on this shoot through the roof. Ratings are the all-time teller. So, I mean, White Lotus was supposed to be a miniseries and they said, damn, people like this. Hey, Mr. White, write some more. Yeah, and I think that's why they called it the series finale and not the season finale. Uh, yeah. not, I mean, the, the season finale, not the series finale. On this? Yeah. Oh. When you looked it up, it said this the season finale. Oh. And it didn't say series finale. I think that's because maybe they just they like to leave the door open. Maybe. Yeah. This that's is like a- in a soap opera. If they kill you off in the soap opera and then you want to come back later because everybody forgave everybody for whatever madness they had. Yeah. Um, then you have to come back as like their twin that nobody knew about. Yeah. So yeah, that's the season or that's a brain the show. transplant. 
Um, we'll see. Um, there's They're up for a couple of nominations at the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards. We'll find out next year for the Emmys if they get up. But I feel like a bunch of nominations are going to come out of this. For, for the Emmys. They already got oh, a couple of the Golden Emmys. Globes. Right, yeah. they have two Golden Globes. I was like, they already did the... I think, um, you know, it, it, I got to say, did, was Skippy better than Bomer? Um. To me, yes. I mean, I thought they all. I thought all the actors did fantastic in it, except for, is it Frankie Jerome. or Freddie? Jerome is a little bit of an over actor, but Frankie or Freddie, what Marcus's uh, partner? Um, I mean, he's not the caliber of actor that everybody else was in this show, but you know, he's a nice enough guy. <laughs> I like it. I, I, he's the, he's one who looks nothing like his character in real life. Like if you oh, look I at their photos, up, yeah. Um, I I don't think maybe I'll pull it up because it's right here, right? Oh, um, that's him right here. Oh yeah, look at that. You don't look anything. Scroll down. Yeah, he looks completely different. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good there. Not that he didn't look good in the show, but he look, scroll up. No, up. Yep. Yeah, up. More up. Oh goodness. Scroll more up. All the way to the top. This is just very entertaining to listen to. Marcus doesn't look like Mark. Mar- I mean, I know that he's supposed to look like an older guy from the 1950s, but he looks like a young lad there. Right? Look at that. Roy. Yeah, Roy Cohen Roy, looks like he Roy, you Quaker need- son of a bitch. He looks like he could use a nap. <laughs> he looks like if you order Monk on Wish. <laughs> so anyway. They show- a Monk movie? They did. I, I got to watch that. I really Will enjoyed you? the Monk show. I don't know. I'm sitting there judging that, and I watched the Frasier reboot, even though mm. he's a MAGA man. Mm. MAGA man. That movie's coming next year. Starring Kelsey Grammer and Dean Kane. I would watch a movie where Kelsey Grammer plays Trump called MAGA man. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the series was great. Yeah. I thought, um, you know, I will say it ended up the same Um for the last for a little bit, it went up two points in audience points, so it landed at ninety four eighty eight. All right for the for the series. I dig it. Uh, I'm glad we watched it. I thought yeah. it was really good. Good it, show. It's um, it certainly is thought provoking, and and I'll say one thing I really enjoyed about it is that it's just sort of like um, I know this word gets thrown around a lot unapologetically, but it is unapologetically gay man sex. Gay. Like, it's just, you know, it's like, it's okay, because you know, you'll, you'll have a TV show where, like, two firefighters, because I watch a lot of firefighter shows, will have this, like, steamy sex scene, but then, like, there's two gay guys, and they'll kiss. You know, like, I watch um, 911 Lone Star, and there's this hot, hot gay couple in it, and in season one, they were, like, hot and all over each other, and their shirts were off all the time, and then, like, now they're, like... You know, well, maybe it's because they're getting married, but there's like their shirts are always on and there never is like intimacy between them. And so I like that there's this show that's like, you know what? We're not going to apologize. So what you get may get uncomfortable about two men going at it, but mm-hmm. we're going to show you what a guy looks like. Another thing that I liked about the <clears throat> Royal Tannenbaums. No, it's not. It's what's the what's the, the show? The Royal Red, White, Red, White and Royal Blue. Red, White and Royal. One Blue. thing I really appreciated that about that show is they showed an intimate scene where mm-hmm. a prince was getting laid and his knees were at his ears. Mm-hmm. And do you know and that the that hand scene? 
Oh my god! And, and of I course, can't, I can't live through this hand scene thing again. And of course, yes, I know you're famous. You're fa- you're famous in anime land because you you, you coined anyway, the hand scene. Really thing. Really quick, if you like unapologetic sex scenes, I watched this show recently, and I say watch this show by I. It's a season. I've only watched this one scene. So, um, but it's called Jet, and it's on Max, and it's this one scene where um, there's this Dave Franco looking guy, he's really cute. Dave Franco's cute. Yeah, he's hot. And um, he works, I think, for a drug dealer, and he overheard some things he wasn't supposed to heard uh, here. So he's like, "You speak real good." So he's like, um, <laughs> "The guy comes in and slaps him, and he's like, you can trust me. Let me show you that I can. You can trust me.'" And like, pulls his pants down. Just uh, he's going to town, and the drug dealer the whole time is going, "Show me that I can trust you. Can you? I can trust you." Such a weird scene. Does this place take place in Texas? Ah, so hot. <laughs> anyway, it's the only Show scene I've seen of it. Jet, but from that one scene, fantastic movie. Everybody deserves a, an Oscar. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Have you ever seen... Uh, I'm, I want to tell you about this movie, but I can't remember the name of it. All I can remember is that it's French, and like the first seven minutes of it is like an, it's like a French orgy. Yes. Have All you seen it? All covered in red lights. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Hulu. And it's it, it's actually a very interesting story when the sex scene ends. I didn't make it past that scene. <laughs> Before you had to take a shower. I was like, this movie I, looks interesting. I, I need to go. I need to take a bath. Oh, this movie looks real. real. Oh, this movie. No, no, I'm done. We can change it. <laughs> seven, 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 seven. seven. What's on Max? Switch over. <laughs> anyway, I, yes, I have seen the opening scene. All right, I'm going to make a proposal here. Yeah. I'm going to propose that we um, put it put an end to this. Oh, that, <laughs> we're going to put an end to this. And that what we're going to do next time is that we're going to cover. Um, we're going to do because we're recording this um, early. Early. We're going to record. I don't know on if you all are aware of this. Next Monday is Christmas. It is Christmas, yeah. and we're not going to work that day. I will not work on Christmas. No, it is the, the birth am, of our Lord, and we're going to stay home. Oh, what was the guy's name in Scrooge? The Bob. Cr- I am Bob Cratchit, not Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> don't work what's on Christmas. The, what's his friend, Jacob Marley? Did oh. I, did I, ever, I, I should have a shirt printed that said, did I ever tell you about that time? <laughs> so... Um, my parents made this book for me when I when I graduated high school, and on the cover of it was a picture of me, like when I was real little, doing this like theatrical gesture. And it says above it, it said, "Which reminds me of a story," because everything does. But so in my drinking days, I would stumble home. This it just it cracks me up because it's so embarrassing, but it's hilarious to me. Is that so? I I came home. And I would be just wasted, and I would be eating like thirty crystal burgers, and or like mm, or crystals. or enough Taco Bell to feed an army. And then I would, I would have to go to the. Can bathroom. I just say really quick? Um, you said crystals, and you said Taco Bell. Um, White Castle's so much better. You need to try White Castles. I don't know if you've had White Castles. Well, it, there wasn't a White Castle here oh. when I was drinking, oh, so and now that there is, I'm not going to drive out to Disney. <laughs> If from you pay, the bar if you pay five ninety nine, they oh, DoorDash yeah. will deliver. And this was you. this was before Uber <laughs> Eats. There. I think it was before Uber Eats and DoorDash. I mean, it was like I, I quit drinking eight years ago. Also, I've developed since I moved over near UCF. I have developed a um a, a, a taste for Del Taco. Oh, give me some of that. Uh, I you know that that cheap food. I oh. love it. So um so I'm sitting there eating that, and then like at some point, you know um. 
I, I feel like I would try to take my pants off, but it would get too confusing. So I would just undo my pants and they would like at hang the crystals. Down. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> I never ate out. I always, <laughs> I never ate out. <laughs> I, I would always, I'd always go home. So I'm at home and I'm eating all this and then I'm like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And maybe I would go to the bathroom and then I would just not really put my pants back together. But you now I would always go to the bar right from work. Right. And I was skinnier during this time, maybe. Uh, and I so I had to have belt and a work shirt on and my work pants and all that. So I would just be walking down the hall and I guess my pants kind of fell to the ground a little and the belt buckle was scraping along the ground. And I just walked all the way down the hallway to my bed and went to sleep. And I woke up the next day and I, I, I come out and Jen's like, Jesus, Jacob Marley walking down the hallway last night, waking everybody <laughs> up. And I thought that was the funniest thing. I laughed and then I threw up because I was hungover. Oh. All right. Yeah. Oh, I was an alcoholic, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> that didn't convince me that I needed to, but the fact that she called me Jacob Marley cracked me up. And then I went to my car to go to work, and I opened the door, and like a box of Crystal Burgers falls out of it. Mm, crystals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stop by and get White Castles for dinner tonight. Thanks. <laughs> I'll just have it door dashed to me. <laughs> all right. So next time we're going to cover Single next All the Way. Next time we Single All the Way. Um, which is the gay Christmas movie on right. Netflix. So we're going to talk about it because it's going to come out on Christmas. So this is yes. what you can do. Gather around the fireplace. Gather around the Christmas tree. Gather around the... Hmm, what is it The called? menorah? There you go. Uh, gather around the menorah. And listen to our podcast. Yeah. Listen to what we think about Jingle All the Way and something special that we do here every year at Watermark. Yes. We are going to, in the, in the uh, year in review issue, we always do uh, this A through Z um, queer pop culture of through the years, so or through the year, the one year. Um, so we're gonna look at take a look at the list and talk about some of the pop culture things that happened in 2023. Yeah, we may go A through Z. We may do a couple. We'll see. If we want this podcast to be five hours long, we'll probably do the whole thing. Yeah, I mean we can we can hit highlights. Also, um, I'll bring in some extras because my desk this issue um, is 23 things I loved in 2023. Um, a few of them don't uh, don't overlap, and there's a couple of things. One of them I know is what my number new, one is. My new what is it? Take a guess. It's gonna be the hands. Oh my god! It's this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Um, but um, six of the six of the twenty three are the six singles that were released by my new favorite country music singer, uh, Dixon Dallas. Oh yes, I adore that man. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about more, right, cool. more of that and jingle, jing, not jingle all the way, single all the way, um, on the next episode. And until then the cork is back in the bottle. <laughs>